Satanic Logic, a succinct guide to how the devil thinks. What is Satan trying to do? Why does he not give up, repent, and go home? Satan cannot defeat God. He knows this, and yet he strives against God. Is there a logic to what he is doing? Can we understand how the devil thinks? We do not have many insights about who Satan is. Little is written on his motivations. We know he was a mighty angel. He was thrown out of heaven. He conspired with Adam and Eve to defeat God. He was the central figure in the events of Eden, the formation of Babylon, and in building the Tower of Babel. He crops up in Sodom and Gomorrah, the events leading up to the flood, and the eventual death and resurrection of Christ. We can assume he was so active in ancient times that he and his angels had all the world following his way. Ultimately, only Noah and his family remained faithful to the original path. Satan has so much power he could tempt Jesus, promising him authority over the kingdoms of the earth. He has demons and devils as assistants. Many times, Jesus and the servants of Satan struggled over the souls of men. We also know that, without our complicity, neither Satan nor his demons have power over us. Many people have sought to understand Satan and explain how he fell and what he is doing on earth. We want to know how he works and where his army of supporters are concentrated. What campaigns are being waged on earth? Through whom does he work? Researchers have tried to organize what the Bible says about him, to deduce a picture of who he is and what he is doing. The inductive method is inherently flawed. Induction cannot work without prior assumptions. The inductive method only works if we assume the devil's lies are true. God gave man logic, which is the use of deduction. Deduction posits general principles or axioms and then deduces what truths can be derived from them. The most basic and most perfect truth possible is God exists. This is an arbitrary claim from the perspective of logic. It can be disputed and even rejected as arbitrarily as it was created. Axiomatic truths are legitimized by the results that are derived from them. Axioms are the point of departure. We do not need to explain why we are here. We only need to know where we are going. The rejection of an axiom is irrational unless one has an alternative with better results. If we use the deductive method, the existence of the devil are consistent with the assumption God exists. There are two sets of assumptions or cultures that flow from two methods of inquiry. If we assume God exists as an axiom, we can assume logical necessity exists. If God created logic, he created the chains of reason that are part and parcel of logic. God designed the way logic works. He predetermined what makes sense to us. God also determined what is incoherent to us. Atheists are forced to reject the idea of spiritual reality by the tenets of a posteriori thought. The induction model assumes everything came about through natural processes. Without God we have no choice but to think inductively. Rejecting God is not a simple act. It has implications. Becoming an atheist is not the same thing as rejecting the existence of leprechauns or Santa Claus. God created logic as a way to find him, and if we think in a coherent and logical way, we will realize God must exist. If God did not create logic and logic does not lead to God, 
then atheists can be logical. If atheists are able to be logical, then faith in God is not logical. Logically two diametrically opposed propositions cannot both be true. The claim, faith is logical, and logic is the truth written in our hearts that leads to God, presupposes the conclusion that rejecting God happens when logic has been rejected. If atheists were logical, they would find God. Therefore, if God exists the atheist position must be incoherent and illogical. The claim God exists, and the claim he does not, cannot both be true. At least one must be wrong. However, this is not the comparison we have been given. God exists has been contrasted with the assumption that what we see, hear, feel, taste and smell exist. If this is so, the proposition God exists is superfluous. A body of truth is all those statements that logically cohere with one another. To discover the truth, one must be like the artist who took a block of marble and chipped away all the bits that did not look like the model he was sculpting. If we follow logic, we will be guided by natural truth or what the Bible calls the truth written in our hearts. We predict the truth of pure logic cohere with the testament of God. Logic and scripture are 100% in agreement. The secularist's position cannot be validated using logical deduction. Secular philosophers depend on induction to ascertain what is true. Empirical science relies on induction. Their views about reality are based on a synthetic view of truth. None of this is founded in logic. Induction is not analytical and cannot be reduced down to logical truths. The test of what is true is what is logical. Induction cannot provide us with absolute truth. The concept of analytical truth is not even consistent with empiricism. By definition, or by logical necessity, empirical truths are contingent, relativistic, and probabilistic. No empiricist claims the product of his research is true, it is merely a finding. This is consistent thinking, but it is incompatible with the nature of truth. A relative truth is not truth. If truth and lies exist, they are logically inconsistent with one another. Truth cannot be false. Logic forbids this. But if the inductive process eliminates the possibility of truth, how can truth be found in a secular worldview? There is a close connection between truth, logic, and language. Love does not imply torture because of how we define love and torture. The concepts are mutually exclusive. Our logic is language, and our language contains not just truth, but reality itself. The effectiveness of our logic and the reliability of our reality depends on the precision of our language. Invective is discouraged because it conveys emotion but insufficient usable information. Materialists claim reality is composed of matter, energy, space, and time. They think they have now made it impossible for God to exist. If everything real can be experienced physically, then God is supernatural, which makes him outside of reality. In other words, a fantasy. However, this is a logical trap Satan created. The assumption they have made about the nature of reality can be neither verified or made logically coherent. As soon as we think we are flesh, we create a logical conundrum. If all that exists is observable truth must be synthetic. Phenomenologists look at the world inductively. Observations are made, 
then tested to see if we can predict physical events. Phenomenologists cannot empirically demonstrate truth is synthetic. Phenomenologists cannot prove that synthetic truth is true in an absolute sense. To claim truth is synthetic is prima facie illogical. When God's existence is rejected, truth as an absolute becomes conceptually impossible. There is no escaping this. Once God is not accepted the concept of absolute truth is rendered incoherent. The concept of a truth that is not absolute is a contradiction. Relative truth is at best an opinion. Language is impacted by our choice of words. If there is no God, then nature must be sufficient. But nature is not sufficient to explain truth or our place in it. Atheists reject God and they reject what they call the supernatural, but they are unable to explain love, mind, purpose, truth, consciousness, and the attributes of humankind. Nature might be sufficient to describe the body of a dead man, but it cannot explain the living soul of man. Secularists must try and define human beings by a set of physical characteristics, in the way dogs, trees and sedimentary rocks are. With living souls, this is not possible. In fact, the idea is absurd and trying to define mankind by physical factors leads to absurd results. The first attempts to define mankind by his physical features was as a bipedal creature. This suggests cripples lose their humanity along with their capacity to walk. These absurdities can be shrugged off, but they point to the absurdities that result from adopting faulty assumptions. How does a secularist come to the truth if he believes truth is relative, contingent, and probabilistic? If truth is contingent, what is it contingent on? Secularists must revise their truth to get closer to the truth, but this is what is considered a lie. Rejecting God has repercussions, and they are not unimportant. Atheists think rejecting God is akin to rejecting Santa. Yet, to reject Santa accords with logic. When we embrace the idea of God, we embrace logic. When we reject the reality of God, we find we have rejected logic. If the reality of God is logical and the reality of atheists is contingent, then atheists have created an artificial reality and illusion. Logic tells us that there are two types of truth, analytical truth and synthetic truth. These truths or models of reality are self-contained and mutually exclusive. The contest concerns which truth is paramount. According to secularists, there is a material world that is objective and physical and can be known through the scientific method. The problem for secularists is that the scientific method rejects the notion of truth in the analytical sense. This result might matter less if the notion of contingent truth was not logically flawed. The idea of truth being relative is a logical fallacy. The statement is in fact analytical in its structure. The statement disproves the claim it makes that truth is contingent. The scientific method cannot prove truth is contingent. Synthetic statements cannot make absolute claims regarding truth. Phenomenologists are caught in a logical conundrum. Once we abandon logic, the idea of truth becomes untenable. If we reject the idea of truth reason itself has been abandoned. There is no logical way out of this paradox. Phenomenologists avoid the problem as evolutionists avoid the problems of abiogenesis. 
Secularists are point out that the concept of God is untenable because nature is physical. Nature precludes the possibility of supernatural agents. This makes sense if the assumption about the nature of reality holds good. Naturalists can claim nature is physical. Secularists can claim anything that is not contained within the physical realm is supernatural, according to their worldview. Atheists have not demonstrated the physical nature of reality, however. If secularists fail to prove reality is physical, how can the supernatural be a category? It is not possible to exclude things from the realm of possible existences, without proving the realm of existing things, is logically possible. We cannot reject what is spiritual on the grounds that, by doing so we make the improbable, necessary. It may seem a simple and uncomplicated thing to deny God. It might even seem reasonable to bundle what is not phenomenological into a category called the supernatural. But the process is not necessarily logical if based on nothing but an unproven and unprovable assumption. We might want to reject God as being not physical, but what of love, truth, mind, wisdom and those other things not composed of matter energy, space and time. Secularists feel they are objective. But where is objective reality? How can it be outside of the mind if all we perceive is inside the brain? Where is the mind if the brain is part of the perceptions of the mind? Is the mind also outside of the mind? The mind sees the brain and the activity of the brain. Where does the mind see the brain? The mind cannot create reality, but the mind cannot create logic either. Solipsism has been discredited, but no Christian has ever claimed man is God and can create or control reality. Descartes and his efforts to prove the existence of God started from a phenomenological position. Descartes believed reality existed and was material in composition. Descartes authored dualism. If matter and spirit exist, how does spirit control a body of flesh? Of course, the opposite belief creates greater problems. If spirit does not exist, how does matter give rise to consciousness? How does matter become aware of itself? What happened to animate matter? If the mind cannot create reality, matter cannot create mind. If God is supernatural, what is humanity? What is information? What is science itself? Science and truth are not physical. Knowledge is not a product of matter, energy, space, and time. Truth cannot be weighed or measured, nor packaged or bottled, so what is logic and truth and information? Where is the technology for measuring truth? Secularists kick God out of the picture, but they lose the most central factors of human progress and civilization. What is interesting is knowing that as successful as the physical sciences have been, the humanities have achieved far less. In fact, the division between the physical sciences and humanities exists because of the humanities' lack of scientific rigor. If scientists can eject all that is not physical, to do science, why have the humanities not benefited from this scientific objectivity? Economics has no need for God. Yet, economics is devoid of quantifiable predictions. Politics is likewise divorced from theology. But the practice of politics produces wars, social division, and a total lack of predictability. Where are the predictions about future economic development? The Bible has Satan taking Jesus up to a high mountain and showing him the kingdoms of the world. 
These kingdoms are promised if he serves Satan. Jesus does not mock Satan. Jesus does not tell Satan his offer is absurd. Jesus responds as if the offer is a serious one. This is because the kingdoms of man are about man ruling man under the authority of Satan. The kingdoms of this world are not logical. They are not analytically constructed. The kingdoms of man are legal creations. They are formed from the law, which is the logic of Satan. The kingdom of Jesus is not of this physical world. Satan owns and controls our institutions and legal systems through law. Jesus says his kingdom is not of this world. That is because his kingdom is not physical or legal. The kingdom of Jesus is founded in logic and truth. The kingdoms of law are the works of Satan. Jesus controls how we think if we think logically. When we abandon logic, we abandon his rule. Logic is written in our hearts. To live by logic is to live by the truths of the Spirit. If we think reality is physical, we must try and control reality using physical means. How can a caused event control how events are caused? The human will cannot be reconciled with causality. How does a causal chain of events produce an event that permits causality itself to be suspended? It can be said that the human will is an abstraction. However, if we have no free will, accountability and responsibility no longer exist. If human beings have no free will why punish those who break the law? Denying free will produces absurdities, but the doctrine of free will in a causal universe also leads to absurd conclusions. Satan gives mankind law. We have natural law and human law, but it operates in much the same way. The operation of a law is the presence of regularity. The operation of law cannot be reconciled with free will nor with the nature of truth. The logic of Satan is ultimately based on the operation of force. The courts and military force compliance with the law. Logic is rejected. Obedience is all that matters. In God's kingdom values matter. By law, there are no values other than obedience.